Okay, welcome to another edition of the Conundrum Podcast. I am your host, Dre, and my guest this week is one sexy motherfucker. His name is Ryan Berry, and you've probably heard and seen him play with Wicked Vices, Kylie Fox, his new project, Too Bad Jim, have not yet played a show, but they have released a track on Spotify and all other streaming platforms. Go check them out. Uh, they're a two-piece um, kind of a blues rock project. Um, it's very good. And so he's a man of many talents. He's also the director of marketing for Los Cabos Drumsticks based in uh, Fredericton, New Brunswick. I consider him a very good friend. Uh, we were trying to get this podcast together for a number of weeks um he's just so busy it was hard to get the schedules aligned and then when he was ready i couldn't do it it was just a whole mess of back and forth um so we wanted to do this before the ecmas and then it ended up falling through and we ended up hanging out at the ecmas so we got to meet in person um, before having our chat so um it was kind of a blessing in disguise really um because we became fast friends and he's just a great hang he was everywhere during the ecmas i mean the guy did not stop i don't know how he got through it um i don't think he really knows how we got through it uh, we kind of get into that a little bit uh during our chat um so i don't want to uh, take up too much of your time here at the start so i'll just get right to it and uh enjoy my conversation with ryan barry Uh-huh. Can you hear me? Uh-huh. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. How you doing? <laughs> Sorry. It's like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Sexy motherfucker. <laughs> nice hoodie. Hey? It's a nice hoodie. Oh, thanks. I, said, I like I your uh... I, wear- I should be wearing mine. Why? It's not like you work for them. Yeah. You don't, yeah. You don't got to represent nothing. No. <laughs> How you been? I haven't seen um, you in like... Two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Has it only I'm been trying, two weeks? I'm trying to make this full screen. There. Yeah. Feels like a lifetime ago. It it, it, yeah. That was a crazy weekend. Like, I don't even know how you survived it. Me neither. <laughs> it's just nonstop. Just... I mean, it was awesome. It was just, oh, it was awesome. Yeah. It was it's like, uh, uh, hold on for dear life and just kind of ride the wave until the end. Being in, yeah, 10 places at once. Yeah. But it was super fun. That was my first, that was my first CC maze. Was it? Yeah. It like both playing and like as a sponsor. So it was, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was crazy. And to Neil, the, like marketing rep for the ECMA has messaged me and was like going through the photos and you're in like thousands of them. She's like, did you sleep? <laughs> like, not really. No, not really. No, like you were literally everywhere, like constantly. Yeah. But it was, uh, I loved it. It was super fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, this, um, <clears throat> I know we've been talking about 
having a podcast episode chat for a number of months, I'd say, probably almost a year um, it, off it, and on. Yeah, it's been hard to schedule for sure. <laughs> so, but it was kind of, in a way, it was kind of good because we get to do this after having met in person because up until yeah. then we would um, like, we have like similar circles of people that we've known and played gigs with, but we never actually crossed paths until the ECMAs. Yeah. And yeah, the initial plan was to do it before, but I'm glad yeah. we waited, yeah. but I don't, I don't even think it was like waiting. It was just like, we couldn't line it up. <laughs> no, well, I mean, you're like crazy busy, like other than the day job, which we'll, we'll get into that later. I mean, mm-hmm. you're pretty busy stocked full with three musical projects that i know of probably more than that yeah there's there's three and then i started teaching in february so yeah the the only like available evening it seems lately um friday evenings and usually they're gigging, gigging nights but yeah right i'm glad we we figured it out yeah no it was great it was a great time i'm glad that we hung out um jack even like he was like dude like barriers is such a cool dude man like he was just a good hang like talked hockey and we actually kept up with each other on the booze like <laughs> yeah 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 him and i had a wicked time yeah and uh yeah it was just cool making the connections like you hear these names and stuff but like how everyone's you know who's played with who who's related to who like mm-hmm. and yeah he he loves his hockey which is cool <laughs> Dude, <laughs> well it's nice even... to talk to to another musician like something other than music you know like yeah. that doesn't happen a lot <laughs> no it doesn't yeah i mean dude trust me like whenever we have band practices or road trips or whatever it's it's hockey all the time and, and i especially at practice because jack and sean are both huge hockey nerds so and, they're talking if they're not talking about yeah. the teams, they're talking about the 10 different hockey pools that they're in it's just it's constant and i loved how it wasn't like you know talking about our favorite nhl teams we're like talking glory days <laughs> oh yeah man <laughs> high school and beer league and stuff. yeah oh yeah like yeah he's he's been playing he's been playing like i met him because he was a hockey player okay um when we started our very first band together um was I was uh, in a band with him and Aaron Young from the Silver Tongue Doubles and a million other Fredericton bands. Yeah. Um, and Bruce Parks, who also was, I think he used to be an EI and he's you know, down in Halifax now. Um, but so it was me and Aaron and, and Bruce and we needed a guitar player. And Aaron's like, I know this like skate punk kid that plays hockey on one of the teams. So because they played hockey against each other, he gave them the invite to come over to my place and just started jamming and formed a band. Went I think we were like, he's a couple years younger than me. So he would have been, I don't know, 13, 12, 13, like no it's business funny. being there. It's funny how that happens because like with the guys that I played with too, it was a lot of the guys that I played hockey with growing up and high school hockey high school hockey with but I remember I went to a jam with an old band called White Liars probably like five years ago and I had like an FHS like 
I don't know what it was. It was like like an Under Armour shirt or something. Right, what, what you'd wear under your gear, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, my bass player was like, from jocks to rocks, eh, Barry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough, yeah. pretty much. Um, so let, let's, I mean, the whole premise of the podcast is to like find out more about, you know, all the awesome musicians and stuff that we have, particularly drummers, but not always, um, in Atlanta, Canada. Uh, so having just met you recently and I kind of know a bit, you know, more about you, but, um, for anyone that's watching this or listening or whatever, um, so where do you originally come from? Like you from Fredericton area or? Yeah. Born and raised in Fredericton. Freddie yeah. Beach. <laughs> Freddie Beach. There's no beach. Well, I guess there's a room. We have right. Black and, yeah. I, and Killarney. Okay. Made, so I don't know if that counts, but I guess the dam. So that, that's also memory. <laughs> They're not, yeah. they're not white sand beaches by any means. No, no, no. And whatever. Um, yeah, I haven't, uh, I don't know a whole lot about Fredericton. Like I never, I never went to school there. I never grew up in that area. Fredericton was always a further drive than Moncton. So we'd always take the road trip to Moncton, right? So mm-hmm. Fredericton's kind of a newer city like that I've experienced in more of my adult life. So I don't know a lot about like when you say the North side or like what you know the regional areas in Fredericton so I'm not yeah. too familiar I actually just just moved to the north side which is against all my beliefs <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm from the south side so big big rivalry school vi- I'm guessing school rivalries yeah not anymore no. <laughs> I'm friends with all those people now but now uh my partner and I Kylie Fox we just moved to Marysville and it's kind of a neighborhood where like the you know it's turning into a younger neighborhood mm-hmm. the old people are either moving out or going to homes or whatever and all the young people are moving in well that's good yeah it's pretty cool and there's actually a, a music venue that's supposed to be opening up like right down the street from us um it's it's like a it's i think it's called mill street it's like a cafe but i think they're gonna license it and okay i'm just kind of like a i don't know if you've been to the tipsy muse but maybe a similar vibe to that they're uh, they're like a newer I shouldn't say newer they've been around for probably like four years now but they're a music venue in town okay is that more like acoustic kind of a vibe or not like a not what I do I've I've played there well it's funny the the two piece I was telling you about we're playing there in August and I told the owners the owners um uh well uncle Rob Rob uh Pinnock but um from the Fox, him and uh, Krista, Miss Miss T, she's a music teacher as well. But anyway, uh, they were asking about the two piece, and I was like, we're like, you know, a late night cap venue with, you know, yeah, plugged in amplifiers, plugged and, in and yeah. loud. But anyway, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I, I told them it's gonna be different, but mm, I try with, it. I played there with Vices. Um, two years ago and it was like dialed back we like reworked the set so it would work acoustically and like i played with slapsticks and stuff um kylie and i have played there before but yeah just like bare bones mm-hmm. which is fun sometimes yeah it's, like, it's different and it, yeah. yeah it's a change up like we did but, um in miramichi terry whalen one of the big blues guys he did a series um in his old family's old barn called the whalen's barn and uh, we did a set there of six gun smoke stuff 
and it was like i had the slap sticks and like it was acoustic and it was dialed back and some of the i mean we adapted some of the songs of course when we started it it was there was a bit of a more of a country vibe to it um I'll have to like, like you playing in, in a barn would be pretty cool <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah actually we thought about recording drums there uh, man i was listening to your record today sort of cut you off but the, i really liked the drum sound that oh, you, yeah cool so I, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you about that later, but sorry, okay. go on. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, we can go wherever you want, man. Like this is wide open. Well, I'm already like, I've asked one question so far. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, the Wayland's barn thing, it uh, definitely has that, you know, like they, they had to run um, electricity from the house. Like there's no electricity in it at all. Um, really good room sounds, especially like acoustic stuff. So Whenever there'd be a band that would require anyone to be plugged in, they'd just run power to it. Um, it was a really good vibe. It was a really cool series. Um, unfortunately, he wasn't able to continue it because his parents, you know, they still lived in the property. So they were getting up in years and it was a whole thing to manage like parking and try like, cause I mean, it's, you know, their house. Um, but it was a really cool series. There's actually a few videos. Um, um, Kendra Gale band, like her and oh, yeah. Kendra and Warren, they have a couple of videos from Rogers TV because they did some some features there. I'll I'll shoot you the links. You can you can hear them. They're actually yeah, pretty good. Sure. Yeah. I've only ever played in a barn. Uh, it was a festival like three years ago. Like uh, Eddie Eddie Young was putting it on. He was out in like Stanley somewhere. But hmm. yeah, playing in different venues like that it's is never a bad time. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, like I mean. The bars around here, the ones that we played at, O'Donohue's and and um, used to be called the Boulevard. It's called the Perros Lounge. They're similar setup to um, the Cap and Broken Records, where it's kind of like narrow and long, yeah. but it's like half the space. Oh, really? And it's like half as long, so it's like kind of a, a, a <laughs> mini tunnel. Like it's it's a it's a rough um, spot to fit a five piece band. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the, the rooms always sound good and you adapt to the volumes or whatever. And, you know, the more people, the, the more you can kind of dig in a little bit mm -hmm. just because of the whole, sure. you know, the human yeah. bodies absorbing sound and whatever. Space. Yeah. Um, so do you come from like a large family? Like do you have like siblings and all that jazz? I am in the middle of two sisters. So I've got an older sister, Cynthia. She's three years older than I am. And then a younger sister, Natalie. She's five years younger than I am. And then okay. Paul and Sue. Okay. So you got yeah. the middle child syndrome. So you're always child. looking for attention. Yeah. And the only boy too. So yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Might answer a few questions. Yeah. So, so what was that dynamic? Like, was there, were they also involved in music growing up? well it's funny my I like begged my parents for drums for ever and obviously like we talked about playing hockey like not realizing the cost of that when you're a kid mm -hmm. um my little sister got a nice piano and I was so pissed and I was like she's gonna play that for two weeks and that's gonna be it like she'll do your lessons and all this mm -hmm. but anyway and that was it. And that's exactly what happened. She maybe lasted a month, but no, it was hard, man. Yeah. None of them, um, none of them really, I don't know, pursued it. Nice mug. Mm. Yeah. 
I don't even have one of those. You got a banner in the background, dude. You're- oh yeah, that's, that's that's an oldie. That's an oldie. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, no one. I can't even think like distant relatives playing. Like no one really had a musical bone, so, so I'm, I don't know where it came from. So yeah, like just in your buddies in school, or just what was playing I spoke was, to you. Like I was. Um, I was like 10, 10 years old and I went to my buddy's place and we were going to play like, remember those Nerf basketball nets you put on like your closet door? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, we would like crank tunes and play basketball in his basement. <laughs> basketball. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I went downstairs and his brother just got this brand new Yamaha kit. And that was like my first like, uh, like aha moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, can I play that? And, he let me obviously just like not knowing what the hell to do, just beating the shit out of them sort of thing. And then um, from there, I didn't get my own kit until I was 17, but my buddies had kits. So mm-hmm. I'd go to their place and play their kits. Right. It's off their parents. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, just make a bunch of noise and then walk out. See you later. And uh I had a bunch of friends who were like involved in like, you know, they were just learning guitar and stuff. And like, I just wanted to be a part of it. Like I couldn't carry a beat or anything. I just wanted to be around it. So like I would have them over and like they would play in my garage. Um, My buddy went away for like summer camp once and was like, you want to borrow my kit for the summer? And I was like, hell yeah, I do. (laughs) So it was just like chipping away at it. And then like, playing on pots and pans and you know all that steering wheels and yeah I got a I got a set of sticks in my stocking when I was 15 thinking there was a drum kit in the house there was no drum kit in the house (laughs) I got a a excitement and then just oh man yeah I I had I looked all around the house there was nothing there and then my mom was like, there's something like behind the tree. And then I pulled out, it was a Toronto Maple Leafs garbage can, like kind of like snare height sort of thing. And I just flipped that upside down. And that, that was my first snare drum, I guess. <laughs> Sounds just like uh, Lars's snare drum. And uh, <laughs> yeah. what was that? A St. Anger album? Yeah, St. Anger. Yeah. Oh, God. I saw that video. That's hilarious. I think it oh, was from, like, uh, I think Jared Falk. Jared Falk did something. Cameron Flurry did it too, didn't he? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's yeah, it is <laughs> ridiculous snare. It sounds like it yeah. sounds like the snare in uh, Teenage Dirtbag. Oh yeah, <laughs> terrible, <laughs> terrible snare sounds. Um, I'm yeah. The whole thing about you were saying about our album that you're listening to, like that snare sound, man. Just uh, wasn't happy. You like it? No. Nah. What's the song? Uh, I think it's called the T- the Taker. It's called the Taker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, I like that one a lot. Yeah, that's jock uh, jock beach going on. Yeah, that one's kind of like my breather in the mid set. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um. So the um. So the the drums were something that you just naturally gravitated towards. There wasn't any other instrument that you were like keeping. Yeah, my. On? My dad was like, I'll get you a guitar. And I was like, I don't want a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, like I said, like 
with with hockey and everything you don't realize like yeah how much money your parents you know put into that mm-hmm. so it was kind of you know it was this or that and you know with drums the great thing about it is if you have a set of sticks you can still play on something <laughs> yeah you can well i mean you can start doing the whole you know rudiments and all that stuff yeah like, did you take lessons to to get that going before getting the kit? No, um, it was probably like three years after I had my kit when I would kind of realize I was like, I need some sort of like formal understanding of what the hell I'm doing. Right. Because <laughs> it was just like, you know, put the headphones in and play the songs and I jammed like with a few of my buddies, but there was no like band by any means at that mm. point. Um, and then... I went to Tony's and Carl Gans gave me lessons for a little while, probably like two or three months, but it was just like, you know, fundamentals of, you know, when do I stop playing, you know, like what does like notation and I'm still not great with notation, but like, you know, I'd be like, what's like, how do you do a triplet? Like on the toms, like show me a, like a Bonzo triplet, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'd be like, I'll show you this fill. And I'll be like, oh, I know that one. And then I'll, and I just play it continuously. And then he'd be like, yeah, but you got to know when it ends. <laughs> <laughs> you got to know where to go from there. Yeah. Yeah. So Carl was, yeah, he helped me a lot with that stuff. Uh, but it came to a point where like, he was like, I can't really teach you anything else. Like if you want to learn something else, like YouTube is all the resources you really need. Yeah. Um, and another funny thing about Carl too, is he's the one who got me on Los Cabo sticks. I had, there was like a promo thing going on at Tony's and it was like, get six pairs of something and you get like a free splash. Okay. And I was like, they all just blew apart. <laughs> and then I like within like, you know, not, not playing them very long. And then I like went back and I was like, Carl, like, what's going on here and then this is when he like just started endorsing Los Cabos and he was playing 5B Reds and he had his print on them and everything and I thought that was the coolest thing yeah and then he was like try these and I still have that pair of sticks uh yeah um and I used to like with my old stick bag I would keep I don't know I was like really I was really superstitious with hockey too, like putting on like the right side of my gear before my left and all that shit. <laughs> okay. Like I, just having like, I don't know, I would have sticks from artists that I, you know, kind of looked up to that I would like keep in my bag for shows mm-hmm. for whatever reason. You know? Yeah. <laughs> do you still do that? Or you just need all that room for all your other? No, now, now it's a toolbox. Yeah. So it's, it's more than just, um, you know, my five A's well 5a intense now i just yeah. recently changed but yeah it's so you still doing the reds yeah and i probably i i always will i think really? okay yeah yeah that's i yeah that was a long long time ago and um i just i played the 5a's um forever and then i just recently switched to 5a intense really extra length i don't know i can't i can't go back to the to the regular size drumstick like 
I um, <clears throat> my wife surprised me for I want to say it was Father's Day, and her and Phil, props to Phil, um, she worked with him to like to surprise me with like a, a brick of sticks and a bunch of stuff, right? So he's like, I'll just go buy what he did in his last order, right. and not knowing that my last order, I ordered some five Bs for my students. Uh, so he gave me a whole brick of like five B reds, <laughs> and I was just like these are too short, but I used them, you know, so I, I adapted my drum kit to like the, the three, the just yeah. the floor Tom, so I could bring everything closer. And, you know, I still, I still have a couple, I gave a couple pairs away for, to some people to try them. Cause you know, that's what we do as, as artists, uh, you know, Good. representing the brand. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> what's that? So that's what I want to hear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, but, but then, cause you know, as you know, I'm, I'm a rock white hickory guy. Like, yeah you know, those are the, the baseball bats that I need to, to swing and <laughs> to try to break yeah. whatever's in front of me. Um, so, so you've been using Los Cabos since pretty much the beginning of when you were playing. Well, I, the first pair of sticks, the, the pair that was in my stocking would have been in 2005, which is when Los Cabos started, but they weren't Los Cabos sticks. Mm-hmm. They were called, they just had solutions on them. That was the only name. And I, I don't know if that was like, never heard of them. I mean, I haven't since either. So, and those are in a box somewhere, but um, no, I probably to give you like an exact year. I, I don't know when that would have been probably like 2008, maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, how long have you been endorsing them? Cause you've been endorsing them for a um, while now officially since 2016 okay um yeah i i remember like it was in 2013 i was just about to move i i lived in australia for a year and i was just about to leave and i wanted to get like a pair of sticks to bring with me so i just messaged their like facebook page right. i was like you do like custom printed sticks and it would have been Phil who answered, I, I assume, but it, like we only do that for for our guys, sort of thing. So it, in my head, I was like, okay, like wheels are in motion now. Like, what do I have to do to achieve that? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. now you do have your own branded sticks. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they're just they're just like one of their, you know, oh, yeah. well, that's what on the shelf, but with with the print, yeah. That's what everybody does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, there's That's a true. few people that have like signature sticks, like with other brands and stuff. But for the most part, yeah. if they're not a signature stick, they they're branded with their name or their band. Yeah. But it's just an off the shelf stick. So. Yeah, we we did do them for um, uh, Richie Ramon for a bit, mm-hmm. when for a bit, like a long, long time. Yeah. Um, and that just recently stopped. But he had his own his own stick with yeah. his name on it and stuff. So you still have the blades for that though probably yeah 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 we still have them yeah. and that's i don't know something might happen from that we'll yeah, see yeah. we'll see um yeah like i know <laughs> like i'm in the know <laughs> um so so going to when was your what was your first band then like it was was it in high school no it was well i started jamming like the first time i started jamming with people would have been in like 20 20 summer of 2010 probably um and we just call them sunday jams we go to my buddy's place and 
we were all kind of learning our instrument at the time. There was one guy who now plays, um, I play in a band with, with Kylie Fox, Sean Hutchins. Mm-hmm. He was really the only one that could play his instrument. But that band turned into, um, well, those jams, I should say, turned into uh, the Midnight Ramblers. I, I wasn't in that band, but that was the group of guys I started playing with. And then once they formed that band, I started playing with some other guys who I used to play hockey with too. And that band was called The Creeks. Um, we started jamming in Pepper Creek. It's just like an area of the north side. And we just took the name from from that. And yeah, we we put out an EP in like 20... 13 I think it was and then I moved away <laughs> okay but yeah the the creeks would have been my first first band <laughs> okay so that when you say you moved away is that when you moved to Australia yeah yeah I moved in April of 2013 okay and then I came back in April of 2014 I was okay. gone for the year yeah yeah cool so what what brought you to Australia um that was just uh my best buddy uh Elliot him and I had some friends who did it when we were, we were still in high school and they were in like second year university and we were at, they just came back and they were telling us all about it. And then we were just like, we should do that. And then at that time I had just finished school. He had just finished school. We're like, we're going to do it. Now's the time. Now's the time. Yeah. So yeah, there's no real, like real rhyme or reason. We just wanted to. It was a vision quest. Yeah. Yeah, and it was yeah, it's crazy, crazy time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so when did you get involved in like with marketing and stuff? Like I assume that you you went to school yeah. for marketing. Yeah, so that was a long journey to find what I actually wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um I did my undergrad in science and kinesiology because I was really interested in sports psych. Mm-hmm. Um And then interests changed. Um, When I came home from Australia, I became a personal trainer and I liked the teaching aspect of that. So I went and did my B.Ed. And then I taught for probably two years. Um, And I was doing like the behind the scenes sort of thing for the bands, like, you know, grant writing and social media and dealing with promoters and everything and you know building the brands of of those bands and I really liked that Mm -hmm. Uh, so then I was like okay maybe I'll go get some formal business training so I went and did my MBA and then I finished that last April and then I was applying for tons of jobs that I didn't want right (laughs) yeah Um, and I always had like, even before the endorsement with Los Cabos, it was kind of like where I'm local. If they had like, you know, new products or something, I was always kind of like a, like a Guinea pig. And I did like Mm -hmm. an advertisement campaign with them in 2015. Um, is that all those videos that you're playing all the different sticks? Yeah. I was like playing every stick in their line. Uh, Yeah. That was a while ago. Um, and that's what kind of led to the endorsement thing. Um, but 
yeah, anyway, I had, I had Larry, uh, the owner on LinkedIn and I had like my profile as like uh, recent grad, like seeking marketing position. Right. Like that. And then he reached out to me and then we just had a chat and it went from there. Oh, and cool. that was last July. How did that land you into being the director of marketing with Los Cabos? Like being just an endorsed artist is, does not a job one gives, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, honestly, I think it was just a combination of things like being around, like knowing the family, um, kind of helping out where I could over the years. Um, and then having like formal business education, um, definitely helped. Um, and then just having a conversation with Larry on like how I think, um, like what I could do to help. Um, yeah, I guess he just liked what I had to say. And <laughs> so what, what is job. that? So what does the director of marketing do? Like what's your day to day? Honestly, it's like, it's many, many hats. Um, like it's social media management, it's customer service, it's product development. Um, the biggest thing I would say is um, dealing with distributors, um, providing them with, you know, marketing materials, um, creating some campaigns, um, getting features in like Modern Drummer, Music Inc. Magazine, um, you know, lots, lots of different things. Um, the social media thing is, is a big part of it. And like getting in tune with uh, all these new platforms like TikTok, all the, oh. what the kids are doing. God. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and that's the thing too, is like when I started, it wasn't like, there was no formal training. It was like, like I told you this ECMA is like, it was, there's the break room, like, there's mm -hmm. the bathroom, there's your desk. Yeah. Have at her sort of thing. So I've kind of like made it my own, which is great. Um, and like Phil and I bounce ideas off each other all the time. Um, yeah. Like creating partnerships with other, other brands. Um, it's like I said, it's, it's a whole list <laughs> of things, but it's not when I sat there, sat down the first day, it was like, okay, like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> so what do you want me um, to do? <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with, you know, the stuff I've come up with and how things have been turning out. Mm -hmm. um, especially with like every other business struggling with COVID and stuff. But like if drummers aren't on stage playing shows, they're probably not buying a bunch of sticks. Right. So obviously the pandemic was scary. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're definitely out of that. Um, like we got things are, are, are picking up for sure. And, yeah. you know, our, our lists of artists are, is, uh, is growing, which is nice to see. Um, and, you know, like doing stuff, like we're, we're going to the Quebec uh, drum show, Ralph Angelillo puts that on. So like, you know, all the, you know, Drumio is going to be there. Sabian's going to be there. Mm -hmm. 
uh, Roland will be there. He's flying in a bunch of, you know, A plus guys to do clinics and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah I've, I follow him um, in one of the groups that he has for for drummers. He, he posts regularly, like who's coming to the to the drum show and past guests yeah, and all that he's type a great of stuff. Guy, man, he's this is his last year doing it. Yeah. Yeah, I saw uh, that that heartfelt post that he put up. Like, you know, he doesn't want to stop, but at the same time, he's you know he's getting up there in age, and he wants to spend time with his family and his grandkids. Like, you can't fault the guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like, so so there's that um, the ECMA thing. Um, being an official partner for that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we have. <laughs> Well, we we were supposed to have some representation at some drum shows coming up, um, but sure enough, COVID put the kibosh on that too. Yeah. It, ha- it happened twice. We were supposed to have uh, representation at the UK drum show. Uh, COVID stepped in, and then we we're supposed to have representation at Chicago drum show, and same thing happened. Yeah. So it's been yeah it's kind of been bad luck in terms of that. Like, obviously we're through with it, but it's not yeah. us sort of thing. So would you be the one to like coordinate with the drum show, the artist that you'd want to book and, and represent the brand yeah. at, at wherever it is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's also turned into a lot of artist relations too, which is my favorite part of the job for sure. Um, yeah. You know, meeting you for example um but like all the other guys like since i've started you know um i'll get texts like hey got a tour coming up doing this order for six like I, I i love helping helping them out you know yeah, yeah um but with the drum shows coming up um so the big one obviously is nam that was canceled last year so they're doing one in july um that would be the one in LA right yeah it's in it's in Anaheim so I went to that one just as an artist in 2019 and it was super cool like sensory overload yeah because isn't there one on the east coast too isn't there a NAMM show or is that called something else not that not that I know of there's there's a there's a ton of drum specific shows in in the states but in um nam is just like it's it's everything yeah yeah yeah. guitars keys recording equipment everything um but yeah um we're planning to go that usually takes place in january so we're planning to go then um in the meantime we have one in september in quebec city um and then there's the chicago drum show which we were going to have representation at but covid kind of ruin those plans yeah um, and then there's the music city drum show that's in nashville and our one of our artists um garrett fox unreal guy he's also a real estate agent so he has like all these all the video equipment to like show houses and stuff <laughs> right so he went to to that show i think it was in october i think they do two a year but he, he went to the one i think it was, it was in the fall and he brought all the equipment and like did interviews with some of our distributors there. They right. did an unreal job. So it's it's cool. Like if, if we can't go 
you know, physically be there. We mm -hmm. have artists in town who can, you know, take care of things. Yeah, rep the brand. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do lo job. locally made, globally played, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I thought that was a cool catchphrase. I don't know. It's a good one. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I, I, I toyed around with a few of those. Yeah. I can't remember all of them, but yeah, I came up one. Yeah, there was... It was uh, so yeah. It's now it's Canadian, Canadian made, internationally played. Yeah, but there one. was there was a few other ones, but I don't know. They're in my notes on the top. There you go. They didn't make the cut. <laughs> they didn't make the cut. They're all right. Yeah. Um, so along with being you know an artist rep and the director of marketing, um, clearly a drummer. Um, so who would have been your influences like that? Let's say if you're like playing the drums and like you'll hear something that you're doing and you instantly know where you got that from like big there's got a biggest i would say is chad smith yeah chili peppers um yeah it's it's hard it's hard to like pinpoint one but i would say he's he would probably be the biggest one for me mm -hmm. um but you know you're usual suspects you're bottom yeah. and travis barker and but like that was like the music i listened to when i was learning how to play drums was like yeah like pearl jam mm -hmm. so uh matt cameron um listen to a lot of gaslight anthem um as of like i don't know within the last five years so that's kind of like bled into my playing a bit his name is benny horowitz Mm -hmm. they're like kind of like a new age Bruce Springsteen I would say they're with like a punk edge to them yeah. um, but they've been on hiatus for a long time but they're actually starting to tour again um, yeah I would say if I were to like it's funny you say that because I was rehearsing last week and I was playing a fill and I was like, where did, like, where did this come from? And it was, it was Chad Smith. Was um, <laughs> but, um, another big one lately is uh, Ben Thatcher from Royal Blood. Yeah. Um, he's a monster um, and super creative. Yeah. He does a lot of pretty interesting odd uh, time fills. Like they just come out of nowhere and you're like, wait, how does that fit? But it, yeah. it's there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. um yeah and you know it, it's a healthy mix of a lot of different guys i should say yeah which is normal like you know yeah. that i don't want to have like that that same old you know boring question so who'd you listen to growing up and you know because i mean we're all we're all the same you know we all listen to the same type of oh yeah, you know, yeah. players the, the the top tier players kind of come up you know the cream rises to the top or whatever but yeah, is there any like unusual players that that you don't hear a lot of other guys mentioning that you kind of dig unusual guys um i don't know man i listened to it like growing up it was a lot of like you know foo nirvana so you know your dave your taylor uh david bruzy's like early pearl jam early-ish Pearl Jam mm -hmm. um to me he's still my favorite Pearl Jam drummer yeah 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 those two albums that he was on like Versus and Phytology 
like I, I get the Cameron era and he's been the longest running drummer and dude, I love Matt Cameron, especially what he did with Soundgarden. Like I find with Pearl Jam, he's sort of not really, he's kind of reined in a little bit, mm-hmm. but Abrazis was just killing it. Yeah. So like your nineties grunge era is yeah. where I, you yeah. know, that's, that's the stuff I've learned. I was playing to my headphones on. I'm trying to think if there's any like oddballs. Like the oddball would probably be Benny Horowitz. Um, Like when I bring up the Gaslight Anthem to some, some of my friends that like, I really only have like one other buddy that listens to them. um, Who's also a musician, but like, I'm always like, you know, as you do with your musician friends, like you check these guys out and all this. But yeah, I would say he's like, kind of like the odd duck that, wouldn't be as mainstream as the other ones yeah cool um so so where you do play in three bands that i know about you probably play in more than just those three because <laughs> that's just who you are um so so wicked vices is probably the longest um band that that you're that you're currently in yeah um so that one's gone through a few lineup changes and band name changes but that started basically when i got back from Australia. So 2015 is when the kind of like core group started playing together. And then we got um, Kristen Votour came in on vocals in the fall of 2016. So, and that's when the, the name change happened too. So we're, we've been sitting on uh, a full length for a while. Yeah, <laughs> we just released our like fifth single, and the reason for that is is because we want to do it like a proper release show and everything. And Kristen um, just had a baby boy. I shouldn't say just; he's six or seven months old now. That that's still pretty recent. That's pretty new. It still has so, that new car smell. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yeah, obviously life happens and you got to press the pause button sometimes. So our first show back in over a year will be June 3rd. Okay. And that's going to be a crazy weekend because I'm playing with all three three bands that weekend. I was going to say, don't you already have bookings for that? Yeah, um, so, so Vices play the Friday and then the new project is uh, it's called Too Bad Jim. Mm-hmm. Um, that's with Matt Carr from uh, Tortoise Hair and the Millionaire. So that's just a two piece, which is super fun. Because, yeah. you know, I'm used to being in groups with, you know, at least three. Yeah. Usually five. Um, so scheduling is not a problem. <laughs> nope. Um, bouncing ideas is like, it's all you're doing, really. Um, yeah. And it's pretty relaxed. So our first show is this. Friday and then the second show is the Living Roots show um, and then that Sunday of of that festival I'm playing with Kylie mm-hmm. Kylie is also my my partner mm-hmm. partner in crime um, and I've been playing so what happened there we were supposed to do for her album release it was supposed to be three rehearsals I think and then three shows and it kept getting pushed and pushed, as you know, with that thing that happened with the world. <laughs> and anyway, yeah. it ended up being like a year's worth of rehearsals. And then 
and it turned into being a band, which is awesome. Yeah, because it's a five piece. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's not just a, you know, like you've got you on drums and then you've got Kylie and then you got uh, Kelly Waterhouse from the Hypochondriacs. Yeah, on, she's playing everything. So she's yeah. on keys, sax, flute, shaker, tambo, vocals. Yeah. And then you got the other two cats. Yeah, Sean Hutchins and Camillo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, they've been in in the New Brunswick scene forever. Yeah, like she's got Sean, a... One was the oh, guy that I was playing with years and years ago. Yeah, like that that band, like Kylie's band, is pretty much an all-star band lineup. And we, we have a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot yeah you guys, fun. like, uh, during the ECMAs, I caught the second half of your set. Like, by the time we got back after the very long drawn out award ceremony <laughs> the first night uh, we got back about mid midway through your set so we, i got the tail end of it um but it sounded phenomenal and that room sounds great but like you guys sounded really good thank you um yeah. and it was nice playing a different room that was my first time playing that venue and it's just it's nice to play it's nice to have another venue in town um and yeah that's where the show is going to be this friday with with matt mm-hmm. um but yeah that took that took some adjusting for sure because like growing up playing 90s grunge is yeah you know you learn how to that's what you learn to play you know so it's like heavy hitting and smashing them so with kylie it's a little bit more delicate so um, you know, bringing in brushes and mallets and slapsticks and just like, yeah, playing the drums rather than smashing the drums. Yeah. So would you say you're more of a percussionist with that project than a drummer? No. Well, I just, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'd say I'm definitely still still a drummer, but the my my stick bag has many different tools. Yeah. And actually, on that note, um, Warren said something funny to me uh, during the ECMAs, and he's like, "Well, if you're what do you say? He's like, if you're you're a carpenter, you can't have ten hammers in one in your toolbox." Okay. <laughs> so, that's very true. I have I just have sledgehammers in mine. That's that's <laughs> all I carry. <laughs> but I mean, like it, that's just it, though. Is like playing with vices. Too bad, Jim and Kylie. It's they all have their respective style style of play yeah um, and yeah that took some adjusting but like you know yeah so that like the two-piece thing it's funny because when when jack and i started the band um it was a two-piece it was called the dibiases yeah based off the million dollar man because we're both <laughs> wrestling nerds from back in the day and he was probably one of the arguably the best heel in the business. Right. So, (laughs) and and it was just sort of a funny play on like, cause Hey, we're going to be in a band. Let's make some money. Right. It's like, yeah, nobody makes money playing in a band. So the DiBiase is, you know, anyway, so it was a little play on that. So anyway, it's kind of funny, but anyway, it was just a two piece. It started out him and an acoustic guitar playing like punk rock covers and writing originals. And then, um, we just started at rehearsal, just getting back to our punk roots. He, you know, he switched over to the electric Gretsch and then mm-hmm. uh, Sean joined the band. And then we had a three, they had a bass player. And then it, we just kept, we didn't fight it. We just kind of let the natural progression lead us back to 
our yeah. roots of punk rock and we just kind of made the decision like why are we fighting this like let's just go full on what comes out naturally which was what it is now and we did the brand change at the same time from dibiases to six gun smoke which was initially a, a song title yeah and i wanted to ask you too with the album cover like who who did that and where did the like skull come from <laughs> <laughs> uh well we brainstormed the skull thing just on a chat it was me jack and uh at the time sean was having some health issues um so his nephew james mcclafferty who's you know big metal guy in the scene um he's in that uh, metal documentary um god i can't remember the name of it now uh, maritime metal okay, documentary yeah. like he played in like chaos and uh slaughter of saints and, and those metal bands back in the day so he's got a, a background um holophonic por porno he was in that band um so he's an audio engineer like he went away to school and uh so he started filling in for sean and then um so we were just chatting because we he's an audio engineer right so we were talking about recording the album and he's like well i got you know some gear i can do it i can put it together so um so just the album cover we were just shooting images back and forth and ideas and same thing with the logo and he just kind of shot that over it was like hey what do you guys think of that and like okay that works so he did the Super album cool. he did the album cover and then yeah. i did the the liner and the, the back cover and the liner stuff um yeah because no, at that point he had at that point after recording the album and we put the album out we played a couple shows um then covid was kind of becoming a thing or it was a thing at the time because jack did half of his vocals in a closet um because <laughs> he was in isolation <laughs> so he just emailed on the tracks um so because of that james started uh his own production um not production company he already had that mobian productions but he started his own um tech support mobian support and that kind of started taking away his attention and uh so he was like hey guys i kind of i gotta step away i'm busy with this i don't have time for the band stuff but you know i'll help it when i can and as he left the band sean's health was better and uh he was dropping off t-shirts that we just made the first batch of six gun smoke t-shirts <laughs> to my house and he's like so i hear you need a bass player hey yeah. guys <laughs> so like just right back in the band like nothing happened so Crazy. yeah <laughs> no, i think the artwork's super cool yeah he, yeah yeah so james did the album, album cover and he recorded and mastered and mixed the whole thing yeah do you yeah oh the whole the whole album that's what we hit, took such a piss out of the fact that we were nominated for an ecma because we're like i and i don't know the backstory to the other bands and i'm sure a lot of that is diy stuff too but like we legit recorded that like the drums were recorded in a rehearsal space yeah. which during the day is an office space mm -hmm. and jack and james did the bass and the guitar tracks in his home bedroom studio and it sounds good and you don't you don't need like you don't need the million dollar studio to get the sound like not with what we're doing well the, i what during it was last it was this time last year um we were going to kylie and i were going to paddle fest and she was doing this 
it was like a collaboration thing between her and another artist from PEI and a producer um, in Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. And she did the vocal in the hotel room and like did the piano in our living room and sent yeah. it to him and like got it back. It was like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. So the, the game is, I think, yeah, COVID has, you know, forced musicians to adapt. And I think the game has changed in that front. You don't, you don't need to, you know, rent thousands of dollars studio recording time. You can, no. if you have the tools to do it, then you, you need know. good mics, good mics and a good preamp. Yeah. And then the software takes care of the rest. And in a nice yeah. room for the drums. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's what, that's what we're doing with too bad gym stuff. We, we uh, just did the drums at uh, Eric Allard. He plays bass in Tortoise Hair and the Millionaire. We just did it in his loft. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, lofts are great. And, and Matt's mixing it. Um, but yeah. yeah so more cost effective. <laughs> so where you're doing the singles with Wicked Vices and you have a full length. So the singles, you were putting them out more so because of COVID and just trying to keep things kind of yeah. moving. Yeah. Okay. Just trying to, you know have some sort of presence <laughs> so so with that so the too bad gym like i know you put out a single uh, a week or two ago um mm-hmm. so is that the full length going to be the next thing to come out or are you so we keep... only record like how Matt and i are going to do it we're just going to pick away at singles they might not all be released as singles probably not but we'll try to do like one every month or so mm-hmm. and then you know, once we have enough for an LP, hopefully make enough money to press it. <laughs> okay. So the goal is to, to press it on plastic? Well, eventually um, I would like to like to do that. But, you know, we're still in the infancy, right? We haven't even yeah. done the show. So yeah, yeah. I think right now it's just have fun and, and and get some recordings done when we can and then once we have enough, like maybe we do an EP, like who, who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're sitting on, we got this, the stems for another, another single. I don't know when that'll come out, maybe July. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Cause yeah, new music and being able to listen to stuff is, you know, kind of a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and it does seem like, you know, with the vices release, it's been dragged on, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a, a rule book and I don't really, you know, care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you know, if we, we release 10 songs as singles and then put out the LP, then whatever. But the plan is to hopefully do a release show in September and then that'll be it. Okay. And then it'll be out. But yeah. Still in the works. Okay. And there'll and be physical time. copies of that. I don't even know if we're gonna like I, I want to do vinyl pressings. Mm. Um, it's just so expensive. Well, maybe like we're, it's so expensive and honestly like we're not we're not playing really enough right now and I know that we're expecting another little one in the band, not mine. <laughs> okay. Someone else is expecting. So we're gonna be taking another little hiatus too yeah, yeah shows are up so it's like 
yeah, we can press them and they can sit in a cardboard box until we... Yeah, exactly. Right. So I don't know. It's it's up in the air right now. Um, yeah, and to sell vinyl, you got to be playing shows because yeah, yeah, that's that's where you make those sales. Yeah. Um, all right. So um, crash questions. You ready? I guess. <laughs> There's nothing terrible. Um, <laughs> the the first question is always cake or pie. Ooh, um, I, I'm cheating because I watched uh, <laughs> I, I, I watched uh, Rich Knox episode and he asked <laughs> if meat pie was an option and yeah. I can't yeah. remember if he said yes or no. Yeah, it's an option. Sure, I'm, more, it's pie. I'm more of like savory than sweets. Okay. Meat, meat pies in Australia, man. Yeah. They're everywhere. You get them at like 7-Eleven. Serious. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna have to say, oh, okay. shepherd's pie too. Shepherd, shepherd's yeah, pie. he he shepherd's mentioned pie. shepherd's pie too. Yeah, that's ultimate comfort food. So pie. All right. Cool. Awesome. Um, so, as a drummer, um, this is one of the drummer questions that is part of the crash questions. Um, so if you're laying into a, a groove, you're like in the pocket. Um, are you more of a hi hat or a ride guy? Ooh, in the pocket, hi-hat. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I take the, like, I don't know if this is just something I came up with, but, like, with Dave Grohl, you find these very, like, hats in the verse, ride in the chorus sort of thing. That's kind of, like, my yeah general rule of thumb, depending on the song. But in the pocket, I would say hi-hat. Yeah, cool. Um, so if the phone rang... Like after we got off this this call, the phone rang and somebody needed to sub in. What's the one band like that you could sub in? No questions, no rehearsal. Just get on stage and nail it. Uh, probably the Chili Peppers. Yeah, I assumed some. I assume that. Like, I'm not like. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Chad Smith, but I'm familiar with their catalog. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. There's just certain bands that, that just, you've listened to so much that you could literally, and it, and it, you know, it could be like their whole catalog or it could just be like one album yeah. that you just Her, go program would, be, would be like, you know, sharing number one there. And I also saw like, they just brought up, because Matt Cameron got COVID or something and they brought up like this 18 year old from the crowd. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He played any, uh, what song did he play? Was it, was it why go or no, okay. it was one of their newer ones. Um, it's got that real tricky intro. <sighs> I just saw a clip of it and I was just yeah. so envious. I didn't even think I realized the song he was playing. I've got the song in my head, but I just can't think of the name of it. Um, and I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> but yeah, I would say I, either or. Yeah. Um, so if you had one CD stuck in your car, what's the one CD you would not want it to be? What I would not want it to be? Yeah. Oh, man. Oof. I don't know. Something like... Uh... You remember like those bands from like, I don't know, maybe like like 
like the Moffats or the Hansons or like one of the like boy bands from like 93, 94. But I did have, I did have a Backstreet Boys cassette once upon a time. So yeah. yeah. But hey, not- no shame, man. I had MC hammer, please hammer. Don't hurt him. I had <laughs> vanilla ice to the extreme. I had like, dude, my, oh, my no, cassette no, collection. No, no, shame, no shame at all. I'm just trying to think because that's <laughs> typically like, I thought you were going to say what one would you have like in there at all times. And I was oh, like, yeah. No, no, I have to throw the curveball. Curveball, the, the the knuckle puck. Uh, knuckle puck. Time. Um, Rig, that's a tough one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I it would have to be something like like dubstep. I don't know. I can't like get behind like like that crazy. That weird techno. Yeah, I can't. I can't do it. I I yeah. try, but I just I just can't. For um, for me, it would be anything like with program drums, like the whole way, like. Yeah, I I would say I would say yeah I would I would rather Hansons or the Moffats before like you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah I just, like just can't get behind it. I, I've tried. I'm, I yeah. think I'm pretty open in terms of listening to new stuff, but I I definitely have my favorites, and you know. Yeah, I, I listen to a lot of like wide range of stuff. And what what impresses me when I see somebody um, playing live, um, like over the ECMAs at the award show uh, in the showcases, like 180s doing rap stuff. He's got a band behind him. Like mm-hmm. that to me is that's you know because most most rap guys they play with a backing track. And there was a few of them over the weekend that did, and you know no shade on them because they're still doing their thing, but. To, to go up with a band and, and rap. And that's, to me, that's just, that's baller. Oh yeah. You, you look like the videos of like, um, um, what's his name? The drummer for, for Jay-Z. He's, he, he, well, he drums with everyone. He drums with Katy Perry. Uh, um, can't think of him. He did that crazy, crazy, uh, solo when he was like 12 oh it's gonna drive me nuts i need to figure it out <laughs> something, something junior something junior oh tony royster jr there you go there you go yeah, yeah he's insane him, like him you know he probably plays with everybody but yeah live oh, yeah. live performance definitely yeah um it helps okay um so last couple questions uh favorite movie of all time Every movie of all time. Um, it's also hard to pinpoint. I watched Shawshank Redemption yesterday. That's that's one of those ones that when it, if it's on TV, it just you leave it there. Like Shawshank, yeah. Forrest Gump, yeah, um, Private Green Ryan, Mile. Green Mile. Like yeah, there's just certain movies that. If they're on, they just stay. There. Um, but like a drama like that, okay, Shawshank, but like comedy, Step Brothers or Superbad. I don't know. I like. I watch a lot of movies. It's hard I to don't say. think I've seen Superbad. Oh man, you got to do it. <laughs> and then there's like there's That's, a new. Is that show. the one with like uh, what's his name? It's Joan. It's Jonah Hill. Yeah. And, um, Michael Sarah, I think his name. Um. But uh, what's the other one? There's a new one out called like Good Boys. Which is kind of like a take on Super Bad, but they're in like middle school. 
No, I haven't it's like a new comedy, but it's okay. It's pretty relentless and hilarious. I'll check that out. <laughs> All right. Um, so last question. Um, so alive or dead, what's the one concert that you would want to buy a ticket for right now? Um man these are good questions i try i do my research no <laughs> these have no research involved these are the best questions because i didn't have to look anything up <laughs> live or dead um probably queen live aid damn that's a good one that's a good time travel move moment right there that or um actually you know what i was this is brutal about this because i was at this festival and it was before i was talking about the gaslight anthem this is before i knew about them and they were playing at one of the side stages and eddie vetter went up and they did a cover state of love and trust and this is before i knew that they were even a thing. And I was, I think I was watching like the wallflowers at the main stage. <laughs> anyway, once I figured this out, like I'm like, yeah. And that was like the, one of the last years they were a band. Mind you, they are getting back together, like I said, but that would probably be it. And I was alive you were there. and I was there. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> and I didn't see it. Shit. Well, that sucks, man. <laughs> All right. Um, Cool. So this has been such an awesome chat. It's awesome to catch up with you, man. I'm yeah, so man. Glad that I got, me on. So glad I got to meet you at the at the booth that was so busy. <laughs> <laughs> the red carpet was busy though. Oh, the red, red carpet was nuts. Yeah. Like I was saying, the guys, it's like it felt like you were walking through one of those high school like haunted mm-hmm. houses. Because you're like coming around corners, there's like a smoke machine, so there's all this atmospheric whatever, and then people on either side coming at you with like either product or wanting to talk, or it was the just nuts. from uh, the town heroes with the vacuum cleaner. The vacuum cleaner, yeah. And, I didn't uh, even like he bumped into me. He was like cleaning under my shoe. I didn't even realize who it was. I was just like, oh, sorry, I'll get out of your way. <laughs> yeah, that was that was definitely a highlight. There's so many highlights from that week, man. Yeah, but yeah, it was. I'm glad we finally got to <laughs> get this going because it was yeah. weeks in the works. Yeah. But yeah. No, this is awesome. And we'll have to schedule. We'll have to get a show. Uh, yeah. I'm already trying to, to figure something out in the fall. I know you're going to have a pretty busy schedule um, over the summer. Um, yeah. Summer's pretty well. Pretty well booked up. Pretty full now. Yeah. yeah. So I think, I don't know if we'll probably get a couple of uh, shows going in the summer here or there, but I think probably the fall would be where we're going to hook up. Yeah. Yeah. We'll make it happen. Awesome. Well, thanks man for doing this. Yeah, man. Anytime. 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 (laughs) Right on brother. Hey brother. Take care. You too, man. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ryan, for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Always enjoy having our conversations, whether it's about music or hockey or just anything else that we've gotten to uh, chat about um go and uh, support ryan and all of his musical endeavors um wicked vices kylie fox too bad jim um go back into the 
catalog of Miss Hippie. Uh, he was with that project for a while, based out of Fredericton as well. Um, and support the local music scene. Um, go check out all those bands that I mentioned. And anyone else that's been on the podcast that is a musician um, or an artist um, or both and uh, support the local products that they have, you know, the, um, the merchandise that you buy from them, whether it's a t-shirt, a vinyl, a CD, uh, anything that's a physical copy like that, um, that you can buy at a show or you can order online, send them a DM on Instagram, Facebook, um, they're all online. So you can definitely reach out. Um, those products help the artist um, way more than the algorithm that is against the artists with all the streaming platforms. Um, we all do the streaming stuff because it's kind of the world we live in and it is a bit, you know, exposure, but it's that whole, you know, you get paid an exposure as opposed to, you know, actually getting paid. Um, anyway, that's beside the point. Um, but yeah, support, support the local arts by, directly supporting the artist and that is to go see a show that is to buy a merchandise from them that is to send them a message and tell them that you like what they're doing um, that goes a long way um, as artists we wear our hearts on our sleeve and you know even though we we create art for ourselves to put out into the world um, it's good to know that what we do has a positive impact on on other people um so yeah you know if you hear something that you like send that person a message tell them you know why you like it tell them how it made you feel um that that will go a long way um especially you know now with everything being so disconnected and we're just starting to kind of come back together as a community um i think that that's very important um so not to get super philosophical on everybody. Um, so I'll just end it here and uh, wish you all well, peace and love. And, um, you know, as usual, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and be kind. Kindness always wins. All right. Till the next one.